learn how to eat a mango popsicle without deep throating it, <laughs> and the world will be a better place. I like bees. See bees live in colonies. Buzzy MCs with a singer for emergencies. Cooperate to pollinate. Never work alone. Just don't bring a honey home to the honeycomb. Okay, and we begin. Sleeper day bus to Vietnam. Take one. To Vietnam? To Cao Bang. To Cao Bang. We're taking a bus straight to Cao Bang. Taking a bus straight to the Cao Bang. It sounds like it sounds like we're on a field trip with Miss Frizzle. All right, kids. <laughs> taking a bus to the Cao Bang. We're heading to the Cao Bang. What's that? Girl, that's a booty hole. Not a hole, Keisha. Avowed. But we're actually going to Banjok Waterfall. I'm actually so excited. Yeah, I reached back to Viet. And yeah. I was like, hey, we're going to Banjok. And he yeah. was like, take pictures. I've never been. And I was like, you told me to go. <laughs> Just sending us to a random place. Yeah, it's an adventure. I mean, it looks beautiful, so I think that it'll be worth it. What are you, um... Have you ever had a dreams? That that you um you had. You want to do? You you would do some Indonesia wrap up, or do you want? You could you do. Skip straight to. You want him to do you so much you could do anything. Vietnam. I'd like to do some Indonesia wrap up. All right. I don't have the questions in front of me, but uh, what was uh, our favorite thing that we did? Yeah. What was your favorite thing that we did? That's a tough one. Honestly, my favorite thing, and like I'm emphasizing the word favorite because it implies so much joy, was probably me jumping around in the water at Pandan Beach. Really? Yeah. Wow. My favorite thing in Indonesia was probably scuba diving. You know, a close second was the U.S. shipwreck. Just like seeing yeah. the grandeur of it and how nature had taken over like, it. Like reclaimed it. Yeah, I love that. Honestly, it feels like the first truly brand new experience that I've had in fucking decades. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah, because traveling isn't even new for you. No, and so much of life used to feel like that. Uh, like, oh my god, what's this new exciting thing? And yeah. now I'm like, that fucking old dog on the porch just watching cars go by, like barely lifts its head, like, yeah, cars. Well, I saved the nightmare before Christmas. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's yeah, this? exactly. I'm like Jack Skellington, and I'm the master of my little Halloween world. Yeah. But like, it's not fulfilling anymore. You know everything about it. There's no magic left in the yeah. world, you know? And then, yeah, go underwater, and it was it was exactly like that. Yeah, like, completely new world. I mean, at the risk of sounding conceited, like, I do know a lot. You know, you're always like, how the fuck do you know all this shit? And like, Honestly, my head's full of a, like a pretty clear understanding of the world around me. It's just so nice to not fucking know something like, you know what I mean? To be completely out of my element. Oh, wow. So burdened by your wealth of knowledge. Um, we might have to cut that just so that we don't lose listeners. <laughs> my likability score is going way down. I just, I just, you know, like, I just like know so much. It's just nice to like be like one of 
people, you know, and just like not know things. It's kind of like being immortal and then being like blessed with mortality for a day. So you actually get to feel alive. Wow. It's basically like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was your low point? In My least favorite? Yeah, your least favorite thing. Least favorite experience, activity. My least favorite thing is the people who walk around asking for money dressed like fucking Halloween characters, like fucking zombies or like... Clowns. Yeah, and like, <clears throat> like I, I kind of get it, like you're trying to do this like... Performative. Yeah, performative thing, which is like understandable, but like why do you choose scary? Like why are you choosing fucking terrifying? Yeah, that's my least favorite thing. That was in Seminyak. I remember. Yeah, don't like that. Don't like that at all. For me, the low point was Sanner Beach, which is like, for the listener, the is this all black volcanic sand, and it was really close to where we were staying. It was the beach that was like closest to where we were staying, but it was just covered with garbage, the yeah. shore, and there were people surfing. And it's like a reasonable surf spot, I guess. But because there was, it was so covered in garbage and there was so much plastic just like floating in the water, I wouldn't even surf there. I wouldn't even go in the water. Yeah. And it wasn't like a low point, like, oh, I came to this place and it's supposed to be beautiful. I'm so disappointed. It was like genuinely like existentially depressing. Where I was yeah. like, this is what the world is. Like, fuck. Is this a river that goes around Hanoi? I think it is, right? I think so. It's huge. It's massive. What other questions? Uh, Airbnb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the first one we landed in, in Jakarta, where you were literally nauseous from the mothballs. Yeah. And then the guy the gave you a shit review. Yeah, and he gave me a shit review on Airbnb. I think we did a whole episode about that, so yeah, I'm not going to get into it. But... <laughs> but the- best one was obviously Made's place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I cannot stress enough that if anybody wants to go to Bali, like Made's place is the place to go. You're just outside of the main city, so you don't get all of the busyness and the tourist prices and everything. You've got like this night market that's like maybe like a three minute scooter ride and it's like two minutes to the highway so yeah, that you can get the all the way up the coast yeah pretty exactly and like it's probably one of the best locations there's this fucking killer fried chicken place just outside of um graha like maybe like a one two minute walk is an indomaret where you can which is like a local convenience store where you can get whatever you want. Groceries. Like tiny mango popsicles. <laughs> you can popsicles. get whatever you want. Mango popsicles, bottled water. Chocolate uh, bars. Rattlers. You know, yes. everything that you could possibly want. <laughs> All the things that we bought I mean, there. Yeah, feminine hygiene products. That I, like we went there for every like little thing that we needed. Yeah. And they always had at least like one item of like the thing that you need, which is fantastic. But yeah, like mango popsicles for like 45 cents, which is fucking amazing yeah, because it just tastes like real mango it's just awesome frozen. unless you get one for yourself and then you offer your wife a little nibble of it and then she puts the whole thing in her mouth and gets it all <laughs> slobbery and then she's like oh you don't want it anymore <laughs> unless that happens and then it's not great and then it's it's okay still but but then your experience is pretty much over the, and the problem is the problem is in the way that you said it you get one for yourself 
and you don't get one for your wife. But you share it. No. And then your wife makes it her you only You said you would only one. give me a little nibble. I took the other half. But you that give it sharing. for a nibble, and then you get it for a nibble, and then you give it for... You that's how sharing works. You ate, like, half of it. <laughs> what do you mean? You Maybe the first it. time, and then not every time after that. Yeah, every time after that, you were you smartened up. Maybe you just know. learn how to eat a mango popsicle without deep-throating it, <laughs> and the world will be a better place. <laughs> It gets all drippy real fast because it's real hot, so you gotta suck up all the drippies. Alright, um, anyway, Graha Made Simon for the win, absolutely. Yeah. And they were so nice, like, Komang, who works there, invited us to his family's wedding. Made and her daughter Anissa, like, gave us traditional ceremonial clothing to wear, and everybody treated us like gold. Let's rent a scooter. Well, family. Yeah, yeah they really treated us like, like family. family. Not like gold as in like tourist gold. But no, like, yeah. But like they treated us. They really did treat us like family. Like open hearts. And it was pretty affordable too. Indonesia was super cheap. Yeah. What about food experience? Best food experience? Best food experience. You know, I haven't cried at anything for a really long time, so. You know, I, I felt myself almost choke up last night when I had that bowl of pho. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was so much like what I hoped it was going to be. Yeah, me too. That doesn't really happen. You know, that hadn't really happened most of the time we were in Indonesia. I think, to be candid, Indonesia's food scene was uh, not, not what it's known for. Not, not impressive. Not impressive. Delicious, but not impressive. Honestly, the first, when we first were in Jakarta. I was going to, oh, and sorry. And we went to the night market and you had that, was it goat? Like lamb, yeah. Lamb noodles, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cumin lamb fried noodles. Yeah. That was pretty fucking good. That was really, really good. And But I'm going to have to go with the suka fried chicken just because of the economy. It's like a dollar for a piece of chicken, (laughs) a dollar for a fried chicken breast, and it was so fucking good. We went back there like every second day. Yeah. Well, no, not every second day. Every third day, maybe. Yeah, maybe like two, two, three times a week. Yeah. You know, I think that, I mean, suka chicken was delicious, but I think I gotta give it to those pork ribs that we got like two, three times. Really? Yeah. They were just pork ribs though. I mean, but the flavor was just so there. That's what you would get from like Montana's. No, Montana's is so dry. The pork here was like fall off the bone, super juicy. It's like they had been like slow cooked for like, 48 hours like it was oops the short ribs adobo was also really really delicious yeah the sunset view restaurant or whatever it was called amok sunset amok sunset um we had some like elevated cuisine that was that was really good but yeah uh, every every place we go every country we've gone we've done like at least like one kind of fancy-ish dinner yeah Honestly, I don't think the place was worth what we paid for it, though. No, I don't think so either. Uh, well, actually... Like, the place, maybe, for the view and the thing, but not the It was, like, the 30 bucks a person. Yeah, but in for local like terms, that's a lot. meal and, like, like, drinks. I think about if the average wage is $2,000. Two million? No. Two, two, 20, so, 2.2 million rupiah per month is the average wage. Oh, so that's like half of Canada. 
Yeah. So, in local terms, everything is like twice as expensive for them as it is for us. Yes. In relative terms. So if that was like a, a meal for like sixty bucks a person. Yeah, I guess. I guess in Canada that right. Would be you would you would do that for sixty bucks. What does Indonesia do better than Canada? Hospitality. Just like cheerful hospitality. Yeah. So many countries do that better than Canada. So many countries do that better. Canadians are so nice. It's like, no. You just haven't met the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Canadians aren't really that nice. Certainly not hospitable. Certainly not generous. For me, I think what Indonesia does better than Canada is the pragmatism. Like I said, doing what makes sense. Not, yeah. not being so rigid yeah. with the rules and everything yeah. so that things just like work like traffic just everything yeah. shave off the corners where where it doesn't make sense to be rigid and everything actually works more effectively yeah that's one thing that Indonesia's got over Canada what does Indonesia do that's worse care about the environment care about the environment yeah there was a lot of garbage and not just in the water there was oh and Obviously, the clean public drinking water. Yeah. What's like a word for all of that? Like social welfare. Like. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, like the people, the planet, and, but that's a government thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is a government thing. Um, what's a day that you would do differently? Probably the day that we went to Balian Beach. Yeah. Yeah, when we went to Balian Beach just to check out the surf yeah i think that if we were to do that day differently i wouldn't have wanted to scooter i would have wanted to take a grab car and like not be afraid to explore all of the places that we wanted to go that day you know like take a grab all the way over to balian and then from balian take a grab all the way over to kuta and then from Kuta all the way to Uluwatu, and then just like get home late at night. Like, because it's so exhausting to scooter, I like, I would have wanted to just spend that day like exploring all of the places. I agree with you that that's the day, but the thing I would change is not scooting versus taking a grab. It is, I wouldn't have stayed up late the night before and drank beer because that's what really threw a fuck into that hole. Because the night before was when I made that dinner, that, yeah. like, belated Canadian Thanksgiving dinner with, yeah. like, roast chicken and mashed potatoes and, like, yeah. steamed cauliflower with cheese sauce and I mean, but gravy. I wouldn't change that night. No, that night was dinner, so much nice. Just the beer. The, yeah, I mean, it was... I think, I think that the drinking did help facilitate some of the conversation because you had a really good time with Bogoslav. Yeah, Bogoslav brought a bottle of Chilean wine to, yeah, to like, contribute delicious. to the dinner, which so was delicious. super good. And then, you know, we everybody had a sip of wine, and then Maddie pulled out the Arak, which is the, like, Indonesian Fucking liqueur. Indonesian moonshine, yeah. Um, yeah, Indonesian moonshine. Coconut rice wine moonshine. Um, and then Eva was like, oh, let's keep it rolling, and she bought, like, four big bottles of beer to share. Yeah. And, you know, we, we didn't overdo it or anything. Like, no. we had a great time. There was, like, yeah. six of us. Yeah. 
Um, we had great conversations. But just because it's me, like, that's enough to yeah. ruin my day yeah. the next day. and Yeah, and because we went to bed late and then woke up real early yeah. time to do everything. Like I think I just would have timed it differently. I would yeah. have done both of those things. Just I wouldn't have done yeah, the other, yeah. Going all the way out to Balian Beach and seeing that the surf was really big and it was a point break and the waves were consistent and it actually looked super cool. Yeah. And it was scary, but like normally I would have done it. Yeah. I just wasn't feeling up to it yeah. that day yeah which is kind of disappointing yeah and yeah so i totally agree with you that's a day i would do differently mm-hmm. it was still fun though it was pissing rain on the way back and we had to like put our ponchos on and i was just wearing my sunglasses yeah. and the old windshield wipers what's an a day or an activity that you would do again in a heartbeat if you could in a heartbeat yeah that you would do like right now if somebody was like do you want to do x right now you'd be like fuck yeah i do the the ship dive. Yeah. I'd do that again in a heartbeat. Honestly, I, I won't say the ship dive specifically, but maybe diving in general is something that I would do again. It's more like, I don't think we've done the thing that I would want to do again. Like, I really wish we could dive with, like, manta rays. Like, I wish we'd had the chance to do that. Okay, last one. So, if... Um, yeah, I've been dreading this one because I don't know. What could Indonesia learn from you if it would just shut up and listen for a second? You go first. I can't think of anything. You know what? We didn't even talk about the me I am at the night market in terms of like best food. We went back there a lot of times. You know, I was originally thinking about that. So when you said like the first night that we arrived, I Uh, thought you meant the first night in Bali. Because I was like, yeah, the Miyam was so good. We were so stoked on it. Yeah, and we went back a few times. And the Este was so good. The Este. The iced tea. Yeah, that that place was sick. $1.50 for this amazing chicken noodle soup. The last time we went, I got two bowls for myself, and everybody was, like, so impressed. Yeah, whatever you guys want to do. The portion sizes are actually quite small, hey? Yeah, the portion sizes were pretty small, but, but like, I mean... But, like, they're, they're, they're stomach size. Yeah, Which they're is, like, like really stomach good sized, for you. Yeah, like human size. <laughs> Except for Maddie's breakfasts, which are, like, three breakfasts in one. Yeah. Oh, you want a giant bowl of noodles? How about also a giant plate of fruit each? And how about also a full smoothie each? Like, <laughs> and coffee. Yeah, we like, ate good. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's why I'm so chubby now. You're still you're skirting this question. Yeah. Maybe I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. You go so, first. What I think Indonesia could learn from me if it would just shut up and listen for a second, just like just shut your just shut your shut your mouth and just shut, shut your sweet sweet little mouth. That sounds really rapey. <laughs> um, I think it's government. Mine would be government, too. So when we landed in the airport, originally in Jakarta, just there was like a dog in the airport, and it was like a police dog, just like, oh, the dog's so cute. And there's a big sign that says, drug offenses are punishable by mandatory death sentence. It was like, oh, that dog's really cute, that merchant of death, sniffing and <laughs> wagging. Yeah, but he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know that he's sentencing people to death. Yeah, um, he's just thinking that if he finds the thing that he's been taught to find, he's a good boy, which is true. That's so funny. That's such an analog, an analogy for, like, the military. <laughs> <laughs> You're a 
very good you're a good boy. boy. You're doing you, a good job. You, you killed the things that we told you to kill. Good boy. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. But just this, like, sense of, I don't know, government apathy. It's just, or, like, authoritarian apathy. Yeah, it's almost like the government's, like, whatever, we'll do whatever the fuck we want, and the people are making up for it, you know? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And mind you, like the whole country's kind of preparing for the G20, and anytime there's a big international spectacle, yeah, it's governments it's, always kind of put the image of the country first. And you know, and it's not just out of selfishness; it's because that leads to investment, yes, which provides resources to improve the country. Like, but it was just a little bit, I don't know, something about the rule of law here just felt a little strange. Just felt a little strange. So just, I guess, be more human government the people were fantastic and the people deserve all the opportunity in the world and i think the government has a really has an opportunity to make things take off and i just hope that it does it in a humanistic way yeah um if indonesia could shut up and listen just you know like shut up (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's fucking loud uh, no that's, that's that's a good I mean, one though yeah, I mean, yeah that's, what I was, stop, that's what I was getting stop at stop having it's chickens not, first thing in the that's, world that's exactly what I was getting at he's a chicken a chicken if Indonesia could shut up and listen like put your chickens in a place where like they're covered chicha chicha what is that is that a chicken or yeah, something. Like because a deep like, fry, like... Yeah, just deep fry them. I mean, <laughs> we know a place. They do it really well. We can it's give you their peaceful. number. They're so calm. They go to chicken heaven. Yeah, exactly. And them. there's no pain. No pain. <laughs> and those and chickens no are going to be amazing for the people around you. You're a chicken. Cuckoo kacha! Cuckoo kacha! If they could stop being used for cockfights and stop, you know, fucking cock-a-doodle doing. That's all hours of the fucking day. That would be fantastic. I Thank think... you. My whole life you've called me a chicken. That's over now. That is not how chicken sounds. Chickens don't clap. I think that's part of the difference because usually they're hens that are raised for farming and the reason that there are so many fucking roosters is because of the cockfighting yes exactly we didn't see any cockfights just to be clear but we were told no. that i mean that's i wouldn't even be that, allowed in women aren't allowed yeah men. women aren't allowed in either but yeah. but that we were told that that's why there's so many roosters um yeah it's a good one but yeah it was fucking noisy every morning i would wake up at like six in the morning because of some noise dogs barking dogs squawking chickens cockadoodle doing fucking torrential rain just like bucketing on the roof like, I don't mind the rain the rain is really peaceful like right when it starts I recognize it but then I fall back asleep not when it's, it's really just like, nice Bruh. I like that it's um, kind yeah. of like white noise white like, noise Bruh. what the fuck is that supposed to mean sorry do you want me to say brown noise that makes you feel more comfortable maybe that's what Indonesia needs just like a white noise machine <laughs> over top of the whole country just a giant speaker and it would be fine if they were jungle sounds but they're fucking not they're, they're domestic farming sounds 
yeah, so privileged for me to grow up in a place where the the means of food production are so removed from my residential yeah. area. Yeah. And I recognize that, but anyway, speaking of um, authoritarian oppression, <laughs> we can talk about how we were so wronged at the airport because we broke the law and we were held accountable for it. <sighs> <laughs> We were only two hours, two and a half, two and a half hours past the point. So we got a visa when we arrived. So we got a visa on arrival for 30 days. So we arrive on the 19th of mm-hmm. September. We leave on the 19th of October, 30 yep. days. 30 days. September has 30 days. The 19th to the 19th must be 30 days. Yep. Not so. No. Not so. It says that it's the 18th. So we, yeah, so our visa says the 19th of September to the 18th of October. Yeah, which is wrong. <laughs> that's, that's not 30 days, long story short. Yeah, but. and I noticed this um, when we applied for the visa on arrival, and I said, it says the 18th, but we leave on the 19th because 19th is 30 days. And I said, is that okay? And the guy goes, yeah, okay. So I was like, okay, if it's all right, then like we're good to go. So we exit the airport and don't think anything of it until we go to leave the country. Go to leave the country. So we arrive at the airport. Actually, it was kind of a fucky experience all the way around. We arrive at the airport. Speaking of like the oppressive rule of law, this was the first time that we actually got dinged for having overweight carry-on. Yeah. But it's like it kind of comes back to privilege. It's like, oh, but we're usually allowed to operate with impunity. Like, what do you mean no, we have no, to? No, I know that. I understand that. I understand more because based on like the size of the aircraft, right? Like, I I get that one. I wasn't mad at that one. Because our carry-on bags are honestly like as heavy as full-size stuffed suitcases, and so we weren't we weren't able to check in online with Vietjet, so we had to go to the counter the counter the check-in counter get our ticket and then she was like do you have any luggage and we said no it's just carry-on she's like okay can you weigh it for me and i was like immediately i was like fuck like nobody's actually weighed our bags the whole time that we've been traveling so yeah far. um so i put it on the scale and she's like yeah that's that's not carry-on max carry-on sizes or max carry-on weight is seven, seven kilograms kilos, yeah and mine was like close to 20 kilos yeah chris's was like 16.8 kilos um and jess's was too it was like 13 or 14 so we had to pay 43 dollars each but yeah, that is what it is. Like, there was no way around paying for that. So we go through security, past yeah. security, but then we had to go to the customs person. Yeah. And they stamp our passports. And Jess went to the went to a different one than I did, but we went up simultaneously. And I saw her getting, like, a talking to, and I was like, oh, that's weird. And then the guy, to me, was like, oh, you've overstayed your visa. And I was like, no, that can't be right. And he showed me, he's like, it's the 19th. And I was like, yeah, today is the 19th. And he's like, your visa's for the 18th. And I was like, what? Like... No, hang on. That's, that's not 30 that's days. That's not right. Like, yeah. We're here for 30 days. It's a 30-day visa. And then he's like, you have to come with me, please. Immediately when you're in a foreign airport and somebody's like, you have to come with me, please. Like, that's not a good feeling. So he starts walking me over and I was like, hang on. Like, that's my wife. She has the same issue. Like, let's let's solve this together. Yeah. So collected Jess and we went over to the immigration guy. And this dude was such a fucking Nazi. Like, Describe what he looked like. Describe so his, uh... he's wearing like like officer's uniform, like fatigues. He had a hat, right? No, no hat. No hat, but like brown, like 
kind of military-esque uniform and... No, blue and white. What? Blue and white. Maybe you should describe him, because I don't... Okay. <laughs> You're like, he had a hat, right? No, he did not have a hat. He had, like, basically one of those, like, army, like, one-inch buzz cuts. And he had, like, airport immigration officer outfit, like, blue, black slacks, With white insignia and on yeah. his chest and stuff. Yeah. Ex- but the, except these, like, fat gold rings yeah. on his finger and, like, yeah. gold just, jewelry like, around fucking, his neck. Yeah, just, just like, like, gold dripping all over him. <laughs> And, like, this giant gold pinky ring with emerald on it on his left hand. And his right hand had all these, like, fat gold rings on it. Every single finger had one or And he was just like, what's the problem here? And, well, I started to get really worked up because I was getting really frustrated because I had asked the visa guy when we had arrived, like, if this was all right, is this okay? You know, giving him the room to be like, if you overstay, you might have to pay a fine. Or you need to renew your, vi- your visa is you renewable. Should, yeah, you or should you renew should it. extend it, which of course he didn't say. So I was already like pretty pissed off that we were stopped about this. And so I explained to the immigration officer dripping in gold, like <laughs> I asked the person because I noticed this, like this shouldn't be the case. Um, he said it was okay and then like fucking just like completely disregarded everything that I said and was just like no you overstayed one day it's one million rupiah per person no there was more to it than that he so Jess is like no this is not okay I talked to the immigration officer when we arrived and I like I didn't know that it was only gonna be for you know 29 days or whatever and he his tone immediately immediately shifted he immediately hardened for conflict and he was like authority mode and he was like oh so you think it's okay to not understand the laws of the country that you're in and i and i immediately like put my hand on jess's shoulder and i was like don't pursue your current line of inquiry please like (laughs) this is not going in a good direction (laughs) yeah he was just like yeah we take cash he was spoiling for a fight at that point yeah and i was like fuck with me yeah, and I was like, no card, and he was like, no, cash. He's no. like, he there's an ATM. Us, he walked us through, like, the hallway. Through a doorway. And uh, he was just like, there's an ATM in there. And we went to the ATM, took out two million rupiah. Which is, like, 200 bucks. 200 bucks. And, uh, yeah, walked back. And when we walked back, I was not in a state where I would have been able to hold my composure while waiting for him to issue us a fine. Yeah, and Jess was and, fucking vibrating. Yeah. And, uh, and, and wait for him to like take his jolly old time by doing this and pocketing our $2 million or 2 million rupiah. Wow. I mean, we got a receipt. I don't think he pocketed it, but. He only gave us the receipt. Uh, his supervisor was standing right beside him when I gave him the money. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I'm sure that his supervisor also. I mean, it's their literal job. It. I don't know. It was pretty official. Well, whatever it was. Anyways, so I don't know. It just all seemed pretty sus. But anyways, when we walked back, Chris went to go handle that, and I excused myself, sat myself down outside of the office, and just uh, yeah, tried to keep. Composed. So I went in with my pocket full of cash and also tried to keep my composure and did a reasonable job, I suppose, but I couldn't help. Like, 
I was I was pretty irritated as well. Um, not because I, Jess had spoken to the immigration person when we came in, but because the visa says 30 day visa and we had only been in the country for 30 days. That's why I was frustrated. Yeah. And I was like, can you explain to me how like this is only a 29 day visa? And he said the day that you arrive counts as one day. I'm like, oh, fine print. Does that happen to a lot of people? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, do you think maybe the immigration person can explain that when you purchase the tourist visa on arrival? He's like, that would take too long. <laughs> like, and you wouldn't make as much money. And he just kind of looked at me and didn't say anything. And I was like, I was honestly, I was doing my best not to be an agitator. Cause like, there's a lesson in this for us to like, the, like generally most people are not trying to fuck you over when you're traveling. And it's a lot of people's default posture when something goes wrong to be like, oh, you're trying to take advantage of me. But it's like, I understand where he was coming from. And it turned out that the fine wasn't just $100 each. It was $100 each per day that we overstayed. So fortunately, it was only one day, but it would have added up very fucking quickly. 10 days is $1,000. Yeah. And, and us to be like, oh, like, yeah, we broke the law, but like, we should be, we should be given an exception. Or like, you know what I mean? I understand it wasn't why he that was we not should have been given an exception. It's how does this make any fucking sense? But he's not responsible for the guy that gave us our visa application. No, I know that. Anyway, he, he explained that, um, the day for them runs noon to noon. And that's why it was two hours. That's why we were two hours away because if we had, if our flight had left before noon, we would have been fine. Yeah. But anyway, so I gave him the money. He gave me my passport. He explained it to me, but he was still like, honestly, he was still kind of hoping that I would get worked up. I just felt that the whole time. He's like, please get upset. So I have an excuse to be fucking yeah, he was more really, ruthless. He was basically just like, I'd, I'd like to see you fuck around so you can find out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So instead I was just very, aggressively passive aggressive <laughs> and I took my passport and I didn't say thank you yes oh, <laughs> oh. feel Ouch. that feel that yikes some Canadian yeah, aggression yeah. Canadian hostility right there gave him gave it to him right where it hurts <laughs> right in the manners <laughs> right uh, in the manners no fucking term I can see for you yeah and Jess was like I'm so upset that this was my last impression of Indonesia and I was like honestly it's a good reminder that like we had a great experience and a very privileged experience because we're tourists and we come here with money and we're Western and all this stuff and everybody like clears the road for us. But when you're, when it comes right down to it, like it's a very authoritarian place. Like there's a fucking death sentence for drug trafficking. Yeah. And if you overstay your visa by what was it? Two months, 60 days. Like you're also sentenced yeah, to jail. And if you overstay your visa by 60 days, you're you sent- go to jail Yeah, you go to jail. and, and yeah. you're barred from the country forever. And like, yeah. It just, there's human rights are just not as sacred. Like the rule of law is the most important thing. Now, yeah. mind you, when we were driving back to the airport, I was saying, as fucked up as it is, that there's like a death sentence for drug trafficking. Like, it's kind of mm-hmm. noticeable how safe and yeah. I don't want to say organized, but like stable the communities felt yeah there was not like a bunch of rowdies around and everything yeah. felt pretty stable yeah um 
and yeah. it's a super conservative country, right? Like Yeah, and anybody who hangs out together, like groups of men, like they barely drink. Yeah, there's not a huge drinking culture, there's no yeah. drug culture. It's quite religious and like heavily Islamic. I mean I'm sure in like bigger cities like Jakarta there's Oh, Bunch there's always going to be happening. some yeah, riffraff, but just in, but it's not like the default. Yeah. Like in <laughs> Vancouver, for example, like yeah. it just feels gross. But yeah, pros and cons of the like ruthless application of law. Yeah, I mean, this it, yeah, this was not a great experience, but at the same time, like I I am not going to let it taint my your experience of the my people. My experience there. of the people because it it just it just can't. Like it, yeah, it, it really was like the exception that proves the rule. Like yeah, getting yeah. getting that experience of being, I you know I want I'm tempted to say mistreated, but the truth is treated fairly and like having the rules applied according to the letter of the law. Yeah, um, kind of drives home how privileged we were in general for the whole rest of the time. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Indonesia before and during the G20, which is. Uh, yeah, it's a whole other thing that yeah, we didn't get a chance to get into. Thing. So, would you go back? I would. Yeah. I would visit Made in a heartbeat. Yeah. Would you go back to? Would you really stay back in Batabula yeah. in the same place? Absolutely. I don't think I would. Maybe for like a couple of days, but not yeah, for. I, I think that you enjoyed the uh, expat areas a little bit more. I didn't just enjoy them because they were expat areas. I enjoyed them because they were in the nicer areas. Like that's why they're that's why they're chosen, because they're in like nicer parts of the country. Isn't that sad? Like the nice parts of the country are reserved for like the westerners. They're not reserved for the westerners. Like there's a service economy around there that is all local people that are making money off of that. Like there's infrastructure that supports those tourists and expats, but it does get very expensive and drive you know property values up and locals out for sure yeah. but yeah I suppose I suppose that makes me sad yeah I would get more away from the city center because Denpasar like the major city that's I think that's why there was so much garbage on the beaches around there because it's just like it's a big city yeah anyway that's uh, Indonesia all wrapped up in a, in a neat little bow and uh now we're on a bus to the border between Vietnam and China, which yeah. is pretty fucking crazy. Not a bus from Indonesia, but obviously <laughs> we had to cross the ocean, but yeah. Good times. Yeah. Well. Any final thoughts? No. I'm going to miss Sunny. Yeah. I already miss her so much. Yeah, Sunny was so sweet. Yeah, she was the best. That was such a weird experience taking ticks off of her. <laughs> with dental floss. <laughs> we did it though. We, we, we did took it. out we took out two ticks. Three. Oh yeah. Just thinking about it makes me kind of nauseous. I think I might be getting carsick from this fucking bus jolting and not eating any breakfast. Yeah, Just maybe. a bag of chips. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna miss Sunny too. Well, I definitely feel like Bali is a place that I would go back to for sure. Yeah. But I would go back for more surfing. More and, scuba diving. And more scuba diving. Yeah. Anyhow. All right, folks. Um, I guess all we got to do is say terimakasi. Terimakasi to Thank all the Indonesian people who supported us. 
Thank you very much, Indonesia. It's an amazing, unforgettable experience. Yeah. And uh, sampai jumpa lagi. Sampai jumpa lagi. See you soon. See you soon. All right. Bye. Selamat tinggal.